On today's episode of Insights, we break down our favorite shows from 2020. We're going to look at the best questions that we were asked throughout the year and give you five new takes on our five most listened to topics from 2020. Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you ever wish you had an easier way to sell your staffing services? Do you wish more qualified candidates would apply to your jobs? It's time to stop wishing and start doing. Let Haley Marketing create a roadmap for your company. We'll talk with you about your goals, determine the best marketing strategies for your business, and then give you an outline of everything you need to do to succeed in this market. And the best part, it's completely free. If you'd like a marketing roadmap for your staffing company, give us a call at 888-696-2900 or email us at info at haleymarketing.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by our Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, episode 55 in the last episode of 2020. How are you feeling? We're feeling great, Brad. We made it to the end of 2020. Um, knocked out an episode every couple of weeks. And we're here in the holiday season. You know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus is today. We're going to air some grievances on our episode and hopefully also share some, some knowledge for the industry. It was a good year for the podcast, and I'm not just saying that from a data perspective. Yes, numbers looked really good on our end, but we had, and, and Matt, I know you've had a ton of people from throughout the industry reach out on LinkedIn and say that they enjoy the show, they enjoy the topics, they enjoy the questions that we're answering. I, I just want to say, if you've stuck with us throughout 2020, we appreciate you. We're super grateful for every ounce of, of attention that you give us as we talk through our digital and, and recruitment marketing challenges and give you our take on those topics. If you have a question you want to see us cover in 2021, please reach out to Matt or myself on LinkedIn. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. If you'd like to chat with us about your own personal goals or challenges for 2021, we'd love to have that conversation as well. So Matt, like I said, man, I appreciate everyone listening. I appreciate you sticking with me through 2020. It's been a heck of a year, buddy. And I'm excited to get into the show. Yeah. Thanks for the listeners. You know, it's great to get feedback and compliments. It Sometimes you're sitting here talking to a microphone, wondering if anybody's listening, but it, it's great to hear that. So thank you listeners. Um, glad you're here for the year. And thanks to Brad as well for always seemingly coming up with the topics and making sure we're we're on point with our schedule. And here we go with the last show of the calendar year. It was one of the first episodes that we released at the beginning of the year, and it ended up generating the most listens throughout 2020. How can you acquire new clients in 2020? Matt, I know at that time it was a dated episode for 2020, but let's talk about 2021 and how can we generate new clients in 2021? What's your gut reaction to that? Gut reaction is a lot of this main stuff doesn't change. It's Whenever we talk about campaigns or a way to acquire new clients, it's speaking to their pain points. And pain points obviously change. It's different at the beginning of 2021 than it was at the beginning of 2020. 
but think about your clients' clients. What are their pain points and how can you help solve their pain points? And I think where it could really change is the delivery of that. You know, I'm sure there's still site visits or where you can go to visit potential clients, current clients, et cetera, a little harder, I'm sure with safety regulations at this time of year, but what can you do with video reach out? We've seen some clients work really well, just sending personalized 60 to 90 second videos, speaking about how they can help. And it's a way to, to warm that lead to help you acquire new business. I think we sat on lunch with Haley last week, and, and we could put a link to that episode in the show notes that it takes 15 to 20 touches before somebody actually gives you their attention and reaches out and, and asks you for, for more information. I think as we look at generating clients in 2021, that number might even increase. You know, people are inundated with marketing messaging. They're inundated with email and texts and, and phone calls. And, and you need to make sure that what you're doing is cutting through that noise, is cutting through that clutter. Matt said it best, you know, it's going back to those tried and true principles, but using your messaging in a way that captivates attention. We need to make sure that everything we're doing is speaking to the pain points of that target prospect so that when they understand, yes, I have this challenge, this is who I go to for the solution. It's a perfect analogy, Matt. And, and it's thinking through, you know, what can you do to alleviate that stress, alleviate that, that pressure? I'm going to one-up the Brad, Brad analogy here, who loves Yo. analogies. It's, you know, 15, 20 touch points. If that increases, let's think about it from the seats you're in right now as a staffing agency or recruiter. What's content we always see or write about? How to get your resume to the top of the pile? How do you get your, you know, your offer for new business or that message to the top of your potential prospects pile? Like it's a very similar challenge. I like that a lot. So if, you know, unemployment's in a, a weird spot, right? We don't know if it, but benefits will be extended on December 26. It's in Congress right now, but there's people looking for jobs always. They want to get to the top of the resume pile. How can you get to the top of your potential prospects pile? I will say that having a hard sale on LinkedIn as the first message when you connect with somebody is not the answer in 2021. I will be very clear about that. You know, LinkedIn, if, if we're thinking tactical, LinkedIn is a great place to connect with individuals, connect with potential prospects, potential individuals who want to learn about your services. The worst thing you can do upon connecting with somebody is saying, hey, I'm Brad, this is what I do. No one cares. I mean, plain and simple. You need to earn that trust, earn that relationship, build that relationship, and then talk about yourself. So Matt, I honestly, man, I think you had a perfect analogy there to, to wrap us up. I'm just going to just say it one more time think through from a candidate's perspective, how hard it is to cut through the clutter from a, from a resume. You are trying to do that with your services when you reach out to potential prospects and potential clients. How can you elevate your value proposition to the top of that list? How can you elevate your level of services compared to your local or national competition? Double down on that. Think through messaging. Think through getting creative. Think through getting outside of the box, you know, outside of the norm of what everyone else is doing. And if you'd love a hand with that in 2021, we would certainly love to help. We'd certainly love to walk through what that might look like for you specifically. Matt, the second top segment from 2020, the key to writing captivating job descriptions. This is your world from a recruitment marketing standpoint. You're constantly looking at what it takes to get jobs clicked. And then once they're clicked to get applicants to actually apply and the job description is really the leading reason why people actually apply to that job, right? So why don't you walk us through what you're thinking for 2021 
how can staffing and recruiting firms write captivating job descriptions? There's two answers to this question. And one of them is, a, again, kind of a tried and true principle. And we saw it when the pandemic started. It was the increase of people. It's what people are searching for, right? It, think of Indeed, ZipRecruiter, if it's Google, Facebook, as a search engine, right? We go to Google to search for answers. We go to Indeed to search for answers for our job search to ZipRecruiter, you know, Telru, et cetera. It's changed at the beginning of the pandemic when searches for work from home remote increased by 599%, right? Indeed's data showed us that. That's obviously not going to be where everybody's working, but if you're in more of a direct hire world, that could change or just different, what are people searching for? So I think that's the first place to really focus on, continue to monitor trends on user behavior there. The second one, and this is the easiest answer in the world, pay more. And its I know it's sometimes out of a lot of people's hands, but an example I literally saw this week was a transportation trucking logistics company we work for in California. They are trying to find truckers, which is about the hardest job right now to find up there with healthcare and some IT. Their jobs where they were had an hourly rate under $25, their cost per app, compared to applications for jobs, $25 an hour or higher, right? So that marking point was $25 an hour. We are comparing application costs under $25 an hour, application costs $25 an hour or higher. For the jobs paying more money, their application cost was 34% less, which was in their world is a lot because it's $68 versus $47 in application. So is the challenge writing captivating job descriptions or is it having a competitive salary? To me, it's a two-part system. It's you have to, and you have to, and it, it's important because we have to think about how people search for jobs. Okay. Think about how someone goes to Indeed, ZipRecruiter, wherever, right? Choose your job board on how someone searches for a job. They go to the job board, they type in a job and a location, maybe one or the other, right? The next thing that comes up, think about what shows up on their mobile device. Think about what shows up on their desktop screen. It's job description. It's the application process, if it's a quick apply or not. It's the salary. And it's one or two bullet points that get someone to click on the job. That's the first step. If that information isn't good, we're moving to the next one on the list. Sure. Then the job description is important once someone clicks. So it's almost a two-part system to where, and think about active job seekers, a lot of times just want to make more money sure. or something similar. You know, we've talked about Brian Fanzo on the show multiple times, iSocial fans. He has a, a talk that he delivers that's called Think Like a Fan, which is using social media in a way that your fans would want to you know, see different content on. From a sports perspective, it makes a ton of sense. What access do fans want? They want behind the scenes. They want that inside scoop. What can you do from a staffing and recruiting firm standpoint? Think like a fan, right? We almost need to think like an applicant. When mm -hmm. we're posting job descriptions, when we're listing those jobs, when we're, when we're showcasing the active role that we're trying to fill, we need to think like an applicant. What description would be captivating to you if you were an applicant? Can you bump that salary a little bit? Can you work with your client to increase that salary, as Matt's saying? Again, think like an applicant. How can you get the perfect and ideal individual to apply to that job? What's it going to take? And then you go to work. And the job description, which was Brad's original question, and I will eventually answer, it's what's important for job seekers right now. It's sure. safety. 
it's probably childcare. It's somehow the schedule. If kids aren't probably going back to school, I would think until the fall 2021, let's be honest. So for the next five months, school's a challenge for people because that's not their childcare anymore. So you really have to think about and answer those questions in the job search of why should I leave my current job? Why should I go to this next assignment? And to really ease that uncertainty that people have. So Matt, to, to summarize here, I think you said it best. It's a, it's a partnership between great salary, great range of benefits, having a great captivating job description, a great job title. It's not just the description. And we can't just say you need to improve A and everything else will fall into place. It's a, it's a partnership and a marriage of all of those. It's exactly right. You have to think about what someone originally is seeing. That's part A, the job title, salary. And then part, part B, A. <laughs> once, <laughs> once they click on it, right? Once they click on that job title and salary, what's your job description, your job posting, your job advertisement say to get them to convert? Matt, another great topic that we talked about quite a bit in 2020 was how to manage brand accounts on social media during the pandemic. And I think for sake of this episode and for sake of this segment, we talk about whether or not brands should still be managing their accounts in sharing information about COVID-19 and the pandemic. And and truthfully, Matt, I'll, I'll take this one first. I think you need to. I think you still need to talk about your hours your your business practices. You need to talk through on social media whether or not you're hiring in person or over Zoom. You need to let the candidate and the applicant know exactly what your processes are and what your hiring process looks like. And just because we've been doing this now since April, right? And and people have an understanding of, okay, well, things are probably virtual. I'm probably going to have an interview over the phone or over Zoom. We still need to consistently reiterate that to make sure that we're alleviating any stress in that hiring process. So for me, when we look at managing social in 2021, there is still an element of being aware that COVID-19 is still around us and being aware that people are still looking for information into whether or not they can do business with you face-to-face or if it's all virtual. We learned early in the pandemic by about May people didn't want to be inundated with that COVID-19 pandemic information all the time. Mm -hmm. And Brad's take is, I agree with here, is that I almost feel like it needs to be table stakes in that you go to a staffing, any company's website, business, retail, staffing, pick your website. It needs to be easily found. It needs to be easily understood. Like when I've been shopping for presents here, it's been great. I go to a website, I find their COVID information, curbside pickup, Matt orders, Matt shows up, makes a phone call. I have something in my car easily. And different parts of the country are going to be different, right? Everybody's going to different comfort levels, but it make it simple to find that information, to put people at ease, to one, know your doors are open. If you're hopefully lucky enough to still be open, some parts of the country that's not happening. But then if you are open, what's the safety precautions? What's the capacity? What's all this information to make sure people understand how they can still do business with you. And in the retail, excuse me, in the staffing world, you know, what's the interview like? What's the filling out the resume information, onboarding, et cetera. Think about that and make it easy for a job applicant who's never heard of your company, you know, on January 1st, when job applications are going to increase to know how they can apply to work with you. 
You're exactly right. We we hit a threshold where no one wanted to hear about it anymore. It was one of those situations where it's like, we get it. We need to stay inside. We need to be safe. Wash our hands. Don't go near anyone. Like, we get it. And consistently seeing it on social media just got so heavy and so overwhelming that people started to tune out. You're exactly right. That needs to be table stakes on a company's website. And you need to be able to identify as the applicant, again, going back to segment two, how can you captivate that, that candidate's attention? Um, making sure that they know what the process is like for them. On social media, it's sprinkling that content in. It's not every day saying, hey, we're doing Zoom interviews, we're doing Zoom interviews, or we're hiring virtually, or you can apply online, you don't need to come into the office. But once a week, bump that in people's feeds. Once a week, share a new update or share a consistent update. Maybe it's a message from your team, a message from your CEO. Maybe it's that one of your recruiters is doing virtual hiring events, or they're on LinkedIn Live, or, or they're on Facebook Live answering questions share that and let people know what's going on. Keep them updated so that when they are looking for their next job, they know not only to come to you, but they know how to do that. They know what to do and what process is best for you and them and everyone's safety. It removes friction. Like that's what I kind of the takeaway I have here. And if you want to wrap up the segment, add some more, but that's where I think it's just it's simple. Make it easy for people to understand how to work with you and do business with you. And that's what we want to, I think people want to see with social media strategy, with the pandemic, as we flip the calendar. We talked about online reputation quite a bit in 2021 as well. Our fourth most listened to episode talked about online reputation. Matt, why is now the perfect time to be proactive in managing your online reputation? I, I'm coming at this from two different ways. I think from the, the temporary worker who works your assignment locally, when a lot of people got laid off or furloughed, naturally, we excuse, we leave reviews when we're in a negative mood or had a negative experience. When people lose their jobs, they're not happy. They may have left a lot of reviews on Indeed, Facebook, Glassdoor, Google about your staffing agency and your company. So hopefully you've been managing that proactively already. The other way I think about is if you're in the direct hire world, the people you can recruit have changed a lot. Right. I was talking to a financial company recently to where it's a very competitive part of the industry. And he joked, you know, when you need someone, you just went and stole from your neighbor, your competitor next door. He goes, now I could, if I'm located in Buffalo, New York, I can steal from Seattle, Los Angeles, Austin, Texas, Orlando, Florida. So think about that reputation you have online. People who have never heard of your company, you may reach out to source them or direct recruit them for your openings one of the first things they're going to do is check out your reviews, your online reputation, your employer brand. What does it say? What are people going to read and hear when they search for you the first time that may have never heard of you, but the pandemic opened doors to you sourcing candidates in different time zones? Online reviews are your first impression. When you think about your organization, online reviews are your first impression. We as consumers have learned that online reviews are the place to look when you're looking for a purchase. We've also now learned that reviews are where you look for services. Staffing services are no different. We need to make sure that your online reviews are positive, they're professional, they're a true representation of who you are. You might be the best staffing firm in the world. If your online reviews say that you're not even the best staffing firm in Buffalo, because of a couple negative reviews, what image is that sending to applicants? What image is that sending the prospects? Again, you might have quantifiably the best service in the world, but if your reviews don't speak to that, 
Well, then that is the reality. So as Matt's saying, you need to make sure that you're actively looking at your clients, your associates on assignment, and you're asking them to leave that feedback, leave positive feedback about you, ask them to do so, and then drive them to that form where they can do that efficiently and effectively. Matt, let's wrap up as our fifth most listened to episode this year. It was with Kristen Wackelchuk, where we talked about real is in, fake is out, and we talked about being human on social media. Matt, in 2021, I'm going to double down on everything we talked about in that episode, and, and I don't even really have a new take right now. Mm-hmm. You need to be more human on social media in 2021, but there's a balance. There's a balance of finding human elements and practical, useful automation. Having social automation supplement what you're doing on the human level is the ideal way to make sure that you're running an effective social media strategy. It is not one or the other. This is not an or statement. This is an and statement. You need human elements and you need smart, practical automation that adds value to social users. Kristen nailed it in the episode when she said real is in, fake is out. And the way you expanded it there is is spot on because I think I wrote down for this was how can you automate personalization, which is an oxymoron almost, but it's trying to figure out a way to automate that personalization of your content. And it still connects with your, with your audience. And I know we've talked about this before in November and then I'll come up with April. Like we're both golfers. We like the masters, the content they put out in November this year for when the tournament was in a different time of year than it normally is, was amazing. It felt personalized because it spoke to its audience and it was automated because I'm sure they scheduled out the content to be distributed, but it took a really good plan of what content to create that would connect with your audience. So like Brad said earlier, think like a fan, think like your candidates, think like your potential prospects, your new business, what content do they want to see? Create awesome content and automate the distribution of it with really strong messaging. Yeah, and and that's also adding in layers of, you know, meet the team, get to know the team. Maybe it's pictures from if if you're in Buffalo, New York, it's having your team submit pictures when they're, you know, hiking around or, or around the that's a bad take. You don't hike around the city, but you hike around different uh National parks, right? That's what I was trying to get at, Matt. Have your team submit those pictures, right? Have that local element of your social media presence. It doesn't have to just be job after job after job after blog after blog after blog. Have some sort of human nature. That's what social media is for. Put the social back in social media and then have that smart automation supplement what you're also doing. I completely lost my train of thought there when I was, I just said hike around the city of I, Buffalo. I think what, what you were look, looking for was like, do you want to build a snowman from frozen and have a nice little snowman contest with your team and show what everyone does. That's a little more realistic. That's where I was going. Buffalo. But then I realized like we can't be around anybody. So I was like, okay, now I need to pivot that to hike around the woods. I was like, well, you can't hike <laughs> in this city. <laughs> Not unless you got snowshoes. Correct. But, um, that's where I think it's a, what you can do to show that content works well. And it has to be real. It, you know, it can't be just fake generic content. We see through that. And p- there's a lot of content out there. There's content overload. But the two of us firmly believe that the best content will rise to the top and people will engage with it, no matter if it's a 200-word blog post or a 20,000-word article. We'll read it. That's really a book probably. But we'll re- consume that content. 
and the best content that reaches people that feels personalized will win. Matt, we said we were going to reflect on our five favorite segments, our five most listened to segments from 2020. We've done that. It's been an incredible year. It's been a great year talking about different topics from throughout staffing and recruiting and how we can better leverage digital and recruitment marketing throughout the staffing and recruiting industry. Matt, before I let you go, I do want to get your take and and I'm actually going to answer a question here too. And please feel free to add your feedback. You talk a lot about job advertising and as a, a couple bonus segments here, I want to know where you think job advertising is going for 2021. As we look at job advertising on various job boards and various platforms, where do you see job advertising heading in the new year? The most important thing I think staffing agencies and recruiters can do with their job advertising in 2021 is really focus on it being performance-based. Right now, it, it feels like companies have, have monthly budgets with maybe an Indeed, could have job slots with ZipRecruiter or CareerBuilder, and you're not really evaluating that on a performance base. It's just a monthly number in your budget. It could be $3,000 a month. It could be $50 a job slot. And you're just paying for that presence and just to have that access. By performance-based, I really want people to get down to looking at cost per application, right? The market rate per application is going to change. So if you want to get 100 applications for a job and it costs $5 for that, it's $500. If you need to pay $20 for an application, it's $2,000. Really look at that from a budget level and then take it the next step and evaluate the quality from each of your job sources. And it's not just job advertising. Let's expand this to referrals usually do well. I'm sure your team has sourcing strategies and other aspects. Really look at where your quality applicants are coming. And if you wanna look at gross margin and revenue produced, Look at where that's going and really make it truly performance-based so that if you know Indeed is providing the best applicants, put more money there. If ZipRecruiter is providing the best applicants and placements, put more money there. Really make it performance-based in how you're paying for your applications and then how you're adjusting and refining your budget based on the placements you're actually making. Matt, as we look at 2021 from a social media standpoint, I'd love to add some insights here. When we think about where social media is heading for 2021, for me, and it's sort of what we alluded to in the last segment of the show here, it's finding balance and finding harmony in the human element of social media and an automation that is calculated is precise and is reaching your goals and your objectives. It's having human elements, making sure that you're sharing your branding, sharing your team, sharing localized content, sharing who you are and and what makes you unique. And having that level of automation that speaks to jobs and content that speaks to the pain points and the opportunities for your applicants and your clients. It's not an or statement. You don't need to be human on social media or fully automated. It's finding that harmony in both and making sure that you have elements of both a human nature on social media and calculated automation. Again, I want to thank you for listening to Insights throughout 2020. It has certainly been a heck of a year and we appreciate your time and your attention as you listen to both Matt and I share our insights and the insights from Team Haley as we talk about various questions and topics on the show. As you think about 2021, please, I've said it once, I'll say it again. If you have a question that you'd love to see Matt or I cover on Insights in the new year, we'd love to know. 
You can message us on LinkedIn. You can reach out to info at HaleyMarketing.com and share your question there. And that'll get routed to us. But ultimately, we want to make sure that we're adding as much value as we can for you in the new year and answering questions and answering challenges that you're seeing on the front lines of staffing and recruiting. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives in the new year, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.